Hey guys, on the podcast today, the topics are snowboarding and marketing. What the hell do those things have in common? Well, stay tuned. Hey, I'm Sean. I'm obsessed with business, marketing, and growth. I've created this podcast to share the ideas, knowledge, and tools I've gathered over a career of helping businesses thrive. Welcome to The Growth Code. So like I said, snowboarding and marketing are the topics for the day. If you are a snowboarder, you're going to know exactly what I'm talking about, so stay with me. If you've ever tried skiing or snowboarding, then you're ahead of the curve as well. So listen, imagine you've arrived in the Alps and you get to the top of the hill, you've never snowboarded before, you strap on your board and you stand up and you look down and it's steep and you just think, oh my word, what's going on? But you push off and oh my god, you're a natural. You fly down the slopes like pro rider Sean White. You are carving and cutting and you're just awesome. Well, that is a nope. Bang, crash, slide, I'm sorry to tell you that your first time on a snow- snowboard is not going to be pretty and it's probably definitely going to be painful. In fact, it's going to be very painful for a little while anyway. Sometimes we don't try things in life because we're scared of failing or broken wrists and we hold ourselves back from opportunity. We get stuck being comfortable. It's no different in business. We try something for the first time, we don't see results and we get despondent. You're not going to be Sean White that first day on the slopes. You have to stick it out. So whether you're trying social media, email marketing, whatever it is, there are going to be some hard stacks. There are going to be some yard sales, as us snowboarders call them. But eventually you're going to get it and eventually you'll get the results and it's going to be so worth it. So I just want to th- I just want you to go back and just have a think about your business and have a think about some of the campaigns you've tried or some of the sales you've tried and you've just not had the results that you were hoping for. Well, my friends, you've got to try, try and try again. You've got to test and iterate to find out what works because once you find that thing that works, you can 10x your business. I hate that phrase, but it is what it is. And sometimes it's not about doing a thousand things. It's about finding one thing and doing that right, leveraging that, and then adding another pillar and adding another pillar to your marketing mix. So just go with me. You've done a sale and it's not worked. Have you ever really stopped to think about the who? Instead of the campaign that didn't work, the message that didn't work, the offer that didn't work, just go back to the drawing board and talk about your customer and who they are and find out why they didn't buy. I'm going to be talking about your customer today. And I know I go on and on about this so often, but it's really important to get this right. If you don't get this right, you just don't have a business. So, story time. I had a conversation with a client this week. She owns a small business and we were chatting about a new product that she was planning to launch. It's a niche product, but interesting. So I asked her to describe her target audience and her ideal customer. For this product specifically, of course. As she did, it didn't take me long to realize something. She was describing herself. Now, on the face of it, There's nothing necessarily wrong with that. Maybe she is exactly the person her product was made for. 
but she does highlight a trap that business owners fall into regularly. And it's something I like to talk about a lot if I haven't mentioned that already. Making assumptions about your audience is bad. Okay, let me break it down. Making assumptions about your audience is bad. And there are going to be so many reasons that hopefully you're going to have some pennies dropping all over the place. And once you get this right, you will see how much this is going to help you exponentially move your business forward. If you don't get this right, like I said, you're going to be wasting time, wasting energy and probably money, especially if, it, if you're going out to market with a message that means sweet FA to your audience. You see, my client had assumed that because she liked the product, she would obviously because she's developed it, then other people would like it too. But from that, it wasn't a big leap for her to assume that her ideal customer was therefore someone just like her. She believed that instinctively she knew their tastes, shared their values and understood their problems. And because of that, they'd be immediately interested in everything she had to say. And given half a chance, they'd be beating down the path to her door to buy her product. But the truth is, this ideal person, the perfect customer, didn't exist in reality. She was a figment of my client's imagination based on her own bias and wishful thinking. Like I said, it's a trap we can all fall into. And to show you what I mean, I want you to try this. And really try this. Just go with me for a moment. Hopefully you're in the car or you're doing the dishes or whatever you're doing. But just right now, just for a second, picture your own ideal customer. What is their age, their gender, their job, their social status? Does, does somebody come to mind for you? If so, what have you based that person on? Is it based on a thorough understanding of your audience or is it based on wishful thinking? And if you could bring anyone to mind, that's a problem too. Today's world is so customer centric. It's absolutely beyond mission critical to design your products and customer journeys and your marketing communications with your customers firmly in mind. I can't beat home this point enough, but it's time for you to fall in love with your customers, not your product. Therein lies your advantage. Therein lies you pushing your product and your business so far ahead of the competition, you won't be able to see them anymore. Fall in love with your customers, not your product. Assuming or guessing who they are just doesn't cut it. You must without a doubt know exactly who you're talking to so that you can be sure that the offer and everything that you're doing for them is right. Now, if I go back in time and, you know, I think about when I work with clients, I go through various exercises to help them create their ideal customer persona. And it's the kind of thing that brand consultancies and advertising agencies do all the time. And it's where they spend a lot of their time before any creative work is done, and for very good reason. Because when you're building a brand or crafting an advertising message, having one particular person in mind that you're talking to is super useful. It helps you to choose your words carefully. It helps you with advertisement, 
placement. It helps you with, with so many things. Another approach is to look at the customers that you've got now, okay? And just think about those customers for a moment, the real ones, the real customers that have paid you real money for your products and services. And just have a think and listen to this. 80% of your profit comes from 20% of your customers. Now you can go and fact check me on that, but with the dozens and hundreds of businesses I've worked with over my career, that's generally true. You know that Boston Matrix thing that we learned at university or when I was doing my MBA? It's so true. And there's a reason that there's all of these frameworks and management practices around this exact topic. But I want us to go deeper. I want, to think, I want you to think about the customers that you love to work with and the ones that are most profitable. But what was the relationship like? Really examine those Try to understand what it was about them that made it work for you. What do those customers want from you beyond the product or service that they're paying for? What do you offer them? Why are they coming to you rather than the competition? Once you can identify the common traits of this ideal customer, take note of them and use them to your advantage. Because if you can seek out those traits in other potential customers... You can target them with your messages. You can target them with your ad placement and all sorts of other things. If you don't have any existing customers, then think about who your product will benefit benefit the most from. And again, don't fall into the trap of imaging that perfect customer with above average attractiveness and above average spending. You know, the person who's only interested in the finer things of life and the, the person who's willing to forego all others just because you share some kind of amazing connection with that kind of person. I, I don't want this to be a figment of your imagination. This is business. Your customers aren't just the people who you want them to be. They are real people with real needs and real problems. And if you put your mind to it, you can really solve those problems. And just remember, your customers buy for their reasons, not for yours. So knowing who your customer is allows you to align your business perfectly with their needs. But if you don't know who they are, you don't know what they look like or where they like to hang out, they could literally be walking past you on the street or sitting next to you on the train and you just wouldn't have a clue. This is knowing your customer and building your customer profile, your customer avatar, whatever you want to call it, is well and truly the first step before you can go ahead and create a compelling offer. You've got to put the pen to paper and write a sales message. But how do you do that if you don't know your ideal customer and you don't know about the problems you're trying to solve for them or the the needs that you're going to fulfill with your product or service. Do you see where I'm going with this? It's really, really important. And I had a customer, I had a client on our Facebook group this week ask me, well, how do I know where my, where my ideal customers hang out? And I just thought, it's simple. <laughs> Build your customer avatar 
so that you can exactly, exactly figure out where they hang out. Demographics, male, female, average age, are they a parent, geographic location, education, are they homeowners, what brands are they currently engaged with, you know, what car does your dream customer drive, what supermarket do they shop in, where do they hang out, you know, what social media channels do they use, what papers do they read or magazines do they read, when they're looking for a, pro- looking for a product or looking for a a service, where do they get their information from? It goes a lot deeper than this and I'm going to take my customer avatar worksheet and I'm going to put it in our Facebook group, The Growth Code, so that if anyone wants it, you can go and grab it and it's going to help you to really dig into this. Because if you understand all of this and you've got this amazing picture, it's going to be so much easier to build your offer, craft your sales message and understand where to place your adverts or where to place your content to get it in front of your ideal customers. It's going to make everything so much simpler for you. And it's not easy. You've got to dig in and you've got to get the work done. But if you do, I promise it's going to be worth it. So that's my offer for you. That is going to be over in the Facebook group for you to go and grab. And while I'm on the subject, I thought I would just introduce this concept of creating a compelling offer because if you can change your offer so that it really resonates and it's really compelling with your ideal customer, I promise you that you will change your business. You will change your business and you will change your life. What is an offer? I get that question a lot and I'm going to try and sum it up very quickly but I am going to do more on this topic down the line. So You've got your product, and imagine it's at the core, it's at the center of your offering. And then your compelling offer wraps around your product in a beautiful bow. What this offer should do is increase the perceived value of your product so that price is no longer an issue and price is no longer a determining factor. I'm gonna give you a very quick example it's not a great one, but it's a, it's a good enough one to get you thinking anyway before the next podcast. There was a case study I read um, when I was reaching, researching about compelling offers. And there was a hotel, I forget the name, I forget where they were. But they had $150 a night for the hotel. And they offered bottles of water for $10 in the hotel room. And people complained that the water was expensive. So what they did was they increased the price of the hotel room to $160 a night and then offered free water. And all of a sudden, people stopped complaining and people weren't even quibbling over the price change. So when you're thinking about your ideal customer, you have to remember that you need to make it creative for them to buy. You need to make it feel like they've had value and feel like they've had some kind of fun in the process of buying. So go away, have a think about that in your business. If you've been listening to the end, high five, thank you so much. And if you want some more, like I mentioned, there's the Growth Code Facebook group. So just jump on Facebook and come and join us for more in-depth discussions, Q&A. Until next time, thank you.